the red wave becomes more of a red trickle. And the response has been largely dispirited. But I would propose that it's actually an advantage uh, to the Republican Party going into the uh, 2024 elections, specifically because it immunizes them from a repeat of the same strategies employed by FDR and Truman, uh, Truman especially in 1946. Now, so we're going to take a little break away from my usual historical uh, analysis of things and launch ourselves directly into the 2022 uh, elections here. And why that is is because it is a, a signature moment to illustrate how important an understanding of history is to present circumstances, especially when it comes to uh, political maneuvers and strategies and really just these kind of uh, cyclical repetitions that seem to emerge. Uh, there seems to be a fixation on automatically discounting anything that is over X amount of years past. It's easily dismissed, uh, which is not only ridiculous, but uh, really kind of an intellectual flaw, in my opinion. So we're not going to go too far back in time today, actually, uh, launching forward. Uh, about 50, 60 years uh, from the last episode. And it's 1946, <clears throat> and the country is experiencing the delayed consequences of uh, FDR's New Deal. Uh, without getting into too much detail, uh, modern scholarship has exposed the New Deal for what it was, uh, which was a series of centralized totalitarian and, to coin a phrase from the left, uh, fascist uh, policies uh, that not only accomplished very little, if at all, but actually harmed especially the poorest and middle class, air quotes over middle class, because I don't like the word class because we don't live in a social caste system, and actually redistributed wealth, uh, particularly to the government, uh, but especially also to uh, favorable labor unions that were supporting the Democrat political machine in the North, you know, T.J. Pendergast and the like. So, again, without getting into an economic discussion, suffice it to say that the circumstances then were very similar to those we are experiencing today. Uh, inflated prices, the housing market was in shambles. Uh, so much economic centralization and planning had just cast the entire marketplace into chaos. Uh, so much so that additional policies just kept being pushed forward to try to ameliorate the consequences of earlier policies. Uh, in, in a political sense, it followed a, uh, a similar pattern to what you'd see uh, just sometimes described as uh, medication use, where you get the first drug, but the side effects are so uh, disastrous or harmful, you have to have another drug to help with those side effects. And now the second drug to help with the first one has additional side effects. So yeah, now I have to have a third drug, and that's exactly what the New Deal was. Uh, and Truman, uh, contrary to a lot of historical accounts, was even more radical than FDR in many respects. Um, 
towards the end of FDR's uh, fourth uh, presidential term, uh, he actually kind of lifted the veil, so to say, uh, and especially in his, his Four Freedoms speech, uh, which was in 1941. Uh, he envisioned a global socialist utopia uh, with redistributive policies that would protect and insulate every member of the human race from the fear of want uh, and also from, from fear, absurdly enough. But what's critical is coming into 1946, uh, the Republican Party won uh, actionable majorities in the House and Senate. And it was largely a response to the failed, well, to the very few consequences that were still trickling down from the New Deal, where the Republicans uh, then refused to enact the policies that FDR, excuse me, Truman demanded to try to conceal those consequences. So he's trying to insulate the Democratic Party uh, from blame. Uh, for, for modern context, of course, that would be the COVID payments, the PPP loans, uh, the massive expansion of state social welfare and funding programs, which also followed the exact same uh, blueprint as the New Deal, where the federal government printed, borrowed, taxed, sent that money to the states, and then they were uh, tasked with disseminating that money. And so that way, uh, the administration could pretend like uh, they obeyed uh, the idea of a republic or, or more appropriately federalism in this case, or the state's authority over certain matters, identical to the situation we see today. And just as Truman in 1946 found himself in a circumstance where the economy was in shambles, inflation was high, housing was awful, essentially there was so much fallout from his party. The Democrat Party had been had owned, essentially, the presidency in the House and the Senate uh, for about 14 years or more during this period. Definitely during the... Uh, 14 years of FDR, I think there were, there were only two years that the Democrats did not also have uh, the House and Senate. So there really was no way, or so it was thought, that the Democratic Party could escape the blame for the economic hell they had caused on the American people at this point, and for really uh, what is now understood to be an unnecessary extension of the misery of the Great Depression. And then the Republicans won the House and Senate in 1946. And instantly, Truman and other leftists saw their way out. The 80th Congress was attacked for everything. The Truman and his speeches, and even the Democratic Party platform in 1948, they blamed inflation on the Republican Party, not on the uh, you know, 14 years of New Deal programs and rapid spending, uh, but it was the fault of the Republicans because they refused to enact price controls, you see. Uh, same thing with housing, same thing with uh, virtually every ill that had resulted from the Democrat Party policies voted for overwhelmingly by Democrats, where Republicans could not even obstruct it. All of those policies from 1933 up to 1946 
were blamed on Republicans elected in 1946. So this, this ad hominem uh, kind of oppressor, oppressed, left Hegelian, pseudo-Marxian thing here, where the Republican Party was uh, reshaped as an obstructionist oppressors that were doing the bidding for their uh, corporate overlords. Uh, it worked. Uh, it worked. Uh, President Truman won one of the largest upsets in American uh, political history in 1948, uh, despite even the breaking away of the uh, so-called states' right party or Dixiecrats and the Progressive Party, which although neither one garnered very much support, and nonetheless did remove some, well, at least in the case of Dixiecrats, they removed 39 electoral votes from Truman, and he still beat Dewey. Uh, of course, Dewey was a crappy candidate, but that's a subject for another time. But we see this exact same scenario in our times, with the COVID, with the spending, with the the <laughs> the Orwellian named Inflation Reduction Act, which is actually just a climate change bill that imposed draconian taxes, elevated uh, energy prices, uh, threatened fossil fuel uh, producers and refineries, uh, which of course drives up energy prices additionally. And just as a a friendly reminder, when gas prices and energy prices go up, it's not the oft-demonized and derided wealthy or rich that are most affected. It's the absolute poorest among us, much like excise taxes during FDR. But imagine, then, with all of these variables aligning, that Republicans on November 8th, instead of winning a, you know, a, a a respectable majority in the House, and the Senate results aren't even in yet, and really that's that's inconsequential uh, for, for my analysis. Uh, if, if they break even, or even if they get, uh, you know, 51, I think right now is kind of the hot number everyone's decided on. It's the, you know, everything continues to spiral. And, of course, we require multiple days to vote to count votes now uh, because things are always better in modern times. But... Imagine instead that the Republicans won a sweeping victory in the House and took 54 seats in the Senate. I think that was the, the highest estimate. For the next two years, Biden and the Democrats would have channeled the same strategies as uh, Truman in 19, between 1946 and 1948. So in a way, if the Republicans had come to that uh, well, I guess you could still say succeeded to that extent, they would have become the, the scapegoat, really, for the consequences of the uh, disastrous economic policies that the Democratic Party has put into place over just the last few years. Now, with Republicans falling far short of original projections, this serves to their advantage. Now, the Democratic Party will have to take... Well, I guess really the due consequences of their of their political decisions, and to the credit to the Republicans, many if not most, if not all of them, depending on the legislation, can absolve themselves completely. Uh, because this legislation, a lot of it was passed through without a single Republican vote, or oftentimes one of two or three uh, rhinos or, or, or squishes uh, that threw in with the left. So what we Although it, it seems like a, 
defeat uh, in the pers- perspective of, of some commentators and pundits uh, may actually prove to be a huge advantage uh, for the Republican Party heading into 2024, and especially over the next few years. Uh, Biden has already uh, begun to implement many of the same strategies uh, that FDR and Truman used, uh, which is attacking the Republican Party while simultaneously elevating himself into this kind of messianic figure. Uh, you can see this with his uh, tweets where he r- routinely uh, emphasizes that he got X passed, he created X amount of jobs, he uh, did, well, any number of fantastic things that often require a hefty bit of cognitive dissonance to recognize or accept. And these efforts would have only been magnified in the next coming years. And if 1948 is any indication, uh, it's a pretty effective strategy. Um, And uh, the Republican Party is not very good at resisting uh, that type of emotive uh, ad hominem attack. Uh, at least not not historically. Uh, one can only hope that uh, maybe they could even the playing ground on that particular uh, arena at some point. Um, but so my proposition uh, is that this election went in a manner that actually benefited the Republican Party more than if they had won a overwhelming majority in, in, in both houses. And that's, uh, they have enough political capital where they can resist even more extreme measures uh, from the Democrat Party, and especially from Biden, uh, but not so much that they can be as easily blamed for every ill that has already been put into place. You know, on average, uh, it, it tends to take about two to three years for the negative consequences of economic policy uh, to to hit society, whereas the positive effects are very quick. So you can see how this feeds into a, a political cycle very well. Uh, you push forward a lot of economic policies, you take credit for the good things that happen, and then in two years, uh, which is usually what happens and during a presidential election, in two years you lose enough seats so that the opposing party comes into power, and you just blame them for everything. Uh, like somehow... Uh, two, three, four, in reference to our historical example, uh, nearly uh, 20 years of Democrat economic policy should be undone immediately uh, when a Republican uh, Congress takes a majority. Uh, So going forward, I think that this is actually a very uh, useful uh, result. And it's one of those things that if, if you don't have knowledge about those oft ignored or or dismiss historical context uh, it would be left unrecognized and instead as i've seen abundantly today um, the whole world is imploded for many uh, pundits who apparently don't understand that had republicans actually taken actionable sizable majorities in the house and senate that the next two years would have been nothing but an assault, well, a continued and elevated assault, I should say, or escalated against them. And it would have absolved, at least in the minds of some, the Democratic Party from the deserved stigma uh, and consequences of their own economic policies. So don't lose heart. 
which is unnecessary to do so. Uh, in many respects, it's better that things turn out this way. It's a very far cry from an unheralded uh, political disaster.
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, and leave a five-star review. The Shane Caraway Show is available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, visit 1787project.com to learn more.